good. I'm, I'm excited tonight because I get to talk about the Lord's table. Um, it's interesting that as I, I grew up in Pentecostal denomination that is, is not technically a denomination. They call it a fellowship. <laughs> but I just, I know this, that there were two things that um, actually I had to learn and, and I had to, you know, kind of get my head on straight about. And two things were, were, one was baptism, which we haven't done enough of in this place at all. I don't even think we've had one. That's terrible. So in the spring, when, when the ice breaks, come on, we're going to go plunge you. We can go to the ocean. I'll go. Don't, don't tempt me. I'll, I'll do it. I will do it. Put some, I don't know, maybe put a wetsuit on. <laughs> but there's two ordinances in the church that, that we kind of, and ordinances are just things that were important in the early church that continue to be important today. Right? One was baptism. We need to be baptized in water. It's a good thing. It's a symbolic thing that brings us from death to life in Christ, right? Symbolic public declaration of our salvation. And then we have the communion table. And uh, talking about the blood. And talking about the, the, the bread. And I just want to break some things open for us tonight because I feel like God is like, I feel like we don't know what we do. Is that Okay. I feel like we're uneducated on the table in a lot of ways. You know, we don't really understand what happened when he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so I don't, I'm, I'm not expecting that I'm going to get it all in one. And so maybe in a few weeks we'll do communion again. I'll hit the blood or the table or I might mix two things in tonight. And, and then I really want to talk about the body, though, and discerning the bread, discerning the body correctly, okay, it's an open-ended subject right now, so I, I don't even expect to get kind of through this, but the Lord, it is important that we do this, we don't do it often enough, but you, you know what, you don't have to even do it here, and I, and I want to just talk, because I've, I've heard some testimonies, I've seen some things, like people get set free from allergies, because they just took communion every day before the Lord, I'm probably not even being like really... Uh, versed or even having good knowledge of it, but they just did it by faith. And this, this thing we do by faith, but there's something supernatural that should happen when we come to the table of the Lord. And I, honestly, I feel like we're, at some points we, we need to ask the Lord, God, what am I doing when I come and I take the bread and I drink the wine? Because I do it, I do this in remembrance of you, but I don't do it really understanding what's actually happening when I'm taking the body. Here's what I think. And, and in, in studying, you know, the table itself, and there was a question that was posed. God bless you. There was, there was a question posed months ago from someone that came up here and, and spoke, what table are you eating from? Because even in Paul, when he was, he was talking about this in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 10, when he was speaking of this, he said, you know, what table are you, are you eating from? Are you taking from the table of demons? 
I'm, listen, I'm telling you, when he does this in chapter 11, he, this is all in correction to the church. It's not in this shubadooba get drunk on the wine. It's not that. He's saying, listen, you need to know what you're doing and how you come to the table because it is important. Because we don't worship, because in the, in the time in the Corinthian church, right, there was all this mixture. That's why he had to continually, the Corinthian church was like crazy gifted, right, like you all are in here. It was crazy gifted and there was spirituality, but they also had, were trying to break free from, from a demonic sacrifice and demonic cultures and all kinds of crazy things. But how many know today that we can be eating from two tables? And I'm not saying we have to, we, we can, we like are purposely uh, worshiping demons, but we worship other things other than him. And I'm not saying even when we come to the communion table, I'm saying every day we have a choice as to what table we go to. Because your deliverance is at the table that you go to. The Bible says this. Listen, how many know that sometimes there's warfare in your life? I don't like that subject, really. Come on, say it. I don't like it. I don't want bullets flying at my head, arrows, all that stuff. I'm good with that. But I do know this, that when we come to the table of the Lord, he says he, he gives us, he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That means all his goodness is there, all his protection is there. There's something phenomenal about the table of God. And God is calling us to go there, right? I've just begun to even take it myself, trying to. It's like we fall short, hello. But trying to do it every day. Why? I think it's going to extend my life. I'm telling you. He wouldn't have said certain things, and I'm going to get to it. But he would not have said certain things if it was not true. Many sick and die among you because we're not rightly discerning the body. We're not rightly discerning what happens at the table. And I'm telling you, God, the Holy Spirit wants us to get a holy, a holy understanding, a, 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 a reverence in a sense. Uh, is that okay? Like the fear of the Lord on the table. Because I believe, he, look, when we take this, it's like he said, I'm not, he said, I, I do this now, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when I can come back and do it with you. Like this is what he longs for. And so when we come to the table, we remember those things that he said. He said, I long to come back and take this with you. It's like, you know, he, and they feasted. Listen, this is the, I'm going to just give you the kind of the picture of what was happening. Because what they would do, they would go to feast. And they would have a feast, right? Even when Jesus did it, they were at the time of the Passover. And he said to the disciples, he sent them off to go get the stuff that they were supposed to do for Passover, right? Israel's tradition. And they came together and they ate a meal. And they had the Passover dinner. And then they took communion together. <laughs> so really, what would happen if every time you gathered with friends, come on. I mean, the table's always this place where fellowship and, and covenant takes place. But I, I feel like there's something more and grander that God wants us to understand in his body, in the blood. And when we come together, listen, there was, there was things going on. They were like putting one another. They were... They were the rich were coming, they were, they were drinking and eating, and they were getting drunk, and they wouldn't even wait for the people who were without. <laughs> I'm telling you the historical, I'm like, I started going into this, I'm like, that's messed up. Like, they were coming together as one body, but they weren't waiting for one another. 
and some of them were getting all, you know, schnarkered on regular wine or whatever wine and, and, then, and then taking partaking of the, of the table. And the reality is this, that, that the Lord wants us to do it in unity. Like there's such crazy power in unity and watching the coming days as the body of Christ and whether it's everyone or even portions, remnants, however you want to put it, as they come together, as we come together, as we covenant together, as we believe for the blood and the, and the body to shift and move things in the heavenlies. I'm telling you, I'm telling you there's power in this table. And I'm realizing this, that the more I get into it, the more expansive it is. I, we don't even realize that some of the things that we read in Scripture, and I'll, give, I'll bring some of those things to you, will mainly be in Isaiah 53, right? The servant, the, the suffering servant where, where Jesus died, he gave his life. It was prophetic of something that was about to happen because there's power in that one thing. When he gave his life, when he gave the blood, and this is the gospel. Listen, when we take this, we proclaim. How many want to preach the gospel? When you take this, you proclaim. I mean, it's just, wow. It's you are preaching the gospel. You say, how, brother? I'm telling you, there's something that happens that brings into unity your spirit with his spirit, and it brings forth the gospel in your life, the power of the gospel in your life. And I'm, I'm telling you, what, you know, almost there's so much that the Lord wants to release for us. But I want to do something tonight. I want to I weaponize the table. That's where I'm going with this tonight. Because it's a weapon. It's a weapon. If we know what we're doing, if we acknowledge him for who he is, it's a weapon. You know, we have theology that say we come to the table and, 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 and we freely receive, and we do, and I, I believe that we freely receive all that we can from him. But, but there's this, like, haphazard thought that, you know, it's just, it's the glory goo that we're going to eat right now. Come on. <laughs> right? And, I, and I'm saying this because what I want us to do is think, right? Think about what the scripture says. The scripture is clear on some things, and, and I'm, I'm going to, Jesus, it was Jesus' will for you to be healed by the miraculous. Do you know that? And what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is if we come to the right table, what I believe, and the more I read, and the more I engage with what God's doing on this, I believe that if we take this in proper perspective, and that's a heavenly perspective, you know. If we take it in a heavenly perspective, none of us will be sick among us. Right now, you're either in unbelief or you're in faith right now. Because I know the thoughts. Because I just, the bad thing is sometimes I can hear your thoughts. So, there's something of truth in this. It's all truth. But I'm telling you, there's something of the truth of God that God wants to unlock in us tonight that will break forth. It will break forth healing into your life. I'm telling you, 2020 will be the year of miraculous. It's just going to happen. I'm believing that the Lord is going to unlock things, right? And the gospel is going to move in crazy power. What would happen if all of a sudden, every time we had communion, people were just getting healed automatically? They'd just go back, and the doctor said, I don't know what happened. It was a misdiagnosis. Like, we don't even know what can happen if you're in faith. 
What does that mean? If you believe exactly what the word says, if you believe that he is the, the life of God is in this. No, really, the life of God in the body. The life of God in the blood. The healing of Jesus Christ because of the strips, the furrows that were ripped down his back in the body. Because his flesh was torn from him, but it opened a brand new way for us. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I'm getting started. So I do, I want to see the Holy Spirit open up to us today. And for some reason I typed in my, this morning, because I was probably writing it in the morning. I, I believe that he'll open up for us a realm where he will weaponize these, that when we take them, something substantial will happen inside of us. Either you'll be brought to a whole new level in understanding of him, the cross, the, the body, and the blood, or you'll actually get healed. And I, I'm, I, I'll take anything. <laughs> but I'm believing for healing and health to come from the table. I'm believing that I'm not going to have to blow a bullhorn today so that we, right? I don't have it. So anyway, no warning. But the reality is this, that there's something. It, it, Jesus healed, was healed, and he, was, he brought healing through this, right? The miraculous should happen even in communion. And I feel like the church at large has been with a tainted lens towards this. I, I really do. I really do. And not truly engaging with the truth of the gospel, right? So we, we must grow in faith, understanding and discerning the table. Because the Lord is going to open it up for us today, right? So these two things. Listen, he said this in John 6, 55. He said, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. That's John 6, 55. And the meal at the table, listen, it's not anything you have to do, but the meal at the table makes us worthy. Are you understanding me? Like this whole thing of trying to work our way, getting God's good graces, get his favor. That's, no, 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 no. Because sometimes when we, I'm going to read this now, oh, but I just want to read 1 Corinthians 11 and we'll run, Okay. But I believe this table makes us worthy. It brings us healing. It brings us deliverance. It truly does. And I don't think we take it as a supernatural act when we do this. And I want us to shift our thinking so that we realize it is a supernatural act that we're doing. Yes, we do it in remembrance. But there is something that we can receive out of the communion table that will shift things. So I'm going to read from verse 23. 1 Corinthians 11, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner also, he also took the cup after supper, said, This cup is the the new covenant in my blood, 
do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. We got that. We got that, right? But then it says, for as often as you eat and drink, and as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim, there's the gospel, you will proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, which is what you're called to do. You're called to proclaim his death. And so every time we gather to have communion or when we go to one another and we hang out, come on, just hang out, have dinner. We should have had it last night. We have communion, right? We can partake with one another. It's powerful. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the word of the Lord is unworthy, in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let but let a man examine himself. Come on, that's come on, it's starting to get heavy, right? Like, don't eat the table, don't eat from this table unworthy. <laughs> it's because he was dealing with these, these things that were going on with demon worship, with them, you know, the, the, the people that had everything taken care of and, and had no needs to the ones that were coming in with no needs. There was all kinds of things happening in the context, right? But let a man examine himself. And I'm not sure if I like this, but I'm going to try to explain it well. So let him eat of the, of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an, he says it again, in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment unto himself. <laughs> How are you feeling? Not discerning the Lord's body. So, ready? For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So I'm going to ask you this. If it says this statement, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, that means people are sick and dying, then I want to know why that is. So why do, how do I find that out? I go back to the verse before that in the context, and it says drinking and eating unworthy in an unworthy manner and not discerning the body right will cause us To be sick and die. <laughs> okay? Come on, this I'm preaching word tonight. Just get ready. Right? So it's a heavy text, right? I'm get I, it's because I start reading, I'm like, man, this is not really a good word. <laughs> like, like, what am I doing wrong? What is everyone doing wrong? Are we doing something wrong? That's immediately where our minds go. But he says this, listen, he says this, ready? For the it says, not discerning the body, the Lord's body correctly, right? Not discerning, but it says, but let a man examine himself. And let me just talk about examining ourselves and what, di what, what discerning means, right? Because I believe the bread will bring physical healing, right? The blood brings us salvation, but I, I'm going to even go into more about the body brought us salvation, brought us healing, brings us everything. It's complete. There's nothing that we lack. And it's not just by taking, the, it's just already been done. We're just partaking of it again. Remembering what he's done. And when you remember what he's done, it should bring you right back into who he is and how he moves and what he does and who he exactly is in the universe. And he does something powerful in everyone's life if we just open ourselves to that, right? So it says this, it, the word is, is to judge or discern, right? To judge or discern. That means to distinguish or extract the difference. We want to distinguish and I want to extract the difference. I want to extract what's, what, what I'm not discerning correctly. I want to extract it and pull it out and put it aside. So it says this. Ready? 2 Corinthians, because I'm going to 
Scripture interprets Scripture. Right? Because the Lord wasn't talking. I don't think Paul was completely talking about really, I need to examine myself because I know how that goes, right? The more I examine myself, the more I realize I fall short. <laughs> right? But he wants to, he says this, he says this in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? No, I'm re if you read this, it's all in context to the body, to the blood. To It's all in context. It's just a different chapter along. But I'm telling you, it's the same word, and it's the same word he used. Examine yourselves to see that you're in the faith. Why? Because I have to take this by faith and believe that the Lord is... His healings on my life, his deliverance on in my life. I live in the glory. The king of glory lives inside of me. So there is no, if, if Jesus Christ is living in, ready, I'm going, I'm going there. If Jesus Christ is living inside of me, then there is no disease that can grow inside of me. Well, that's faith. No, that's either I know that. I know that. It's not something that I mentally ascend to. It's something that I know. Come on, look at me, say he's working on it too. Seriously, because there's something of the of the gravity, <laughs> the importance, the the crazy goodness of who God is and who he is inside of you that says you should live forever. I know. I know. I know. We're mortal. No, you have eternal life. It's the matter of is the eternal life coming out on the outside of you now? Ready, people would just be peeling out of here next week. No, he's crazy. I'm telling you that there's a place of health and divine health that we can live in. I don't care even if the greatest healing evangelist died of strokes. Because if I start going through history and all these guys that knew unbelievable truths about healing, they would die of strokes, they would die of heart attacks, they would die of all kinds of crazy things. Why? Probably because they burnt themselves out and didn't walk in the grace of God. I'm just saying. Here's the, th the other deal. Ready? Are you taking care of this temple? 2020, you're just going to take care of this temple. 2021, over the next 10 years, you're going to take care of the temple. And you're going to begin to eat right and exercise and do the things. Not, No, because you've been given something to steward. And that is your body. Right? I'm a good steward with my body. I have to be a good steward with my family. I have to be a good steward with all these things. So here's the deal. That God is trying to get us to understand that the body of Christ, the, the tangible body that you're about to eat tonight, brings healing. Examine yourselves to see if I'm in the faith that because I'm eating from the right table, the table that has all the answers. He's got all the answers. Every answer is in this. Every answer is in Christ. I'm not talking about the, 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 the symbolic things. I'm talking about Jesus. When we go to the table where Jesus is serving himself in salvation, in healing, we lack not one thing. You got me. Come on. And, and I'm, I'm passionate about this because I do believe, come on, I'm believing God that people are going to begin to be healed of their blood diseases, right? Of, of things that they lack. 
in, in simple things because why? They're going to be taking care of their temple and they're going to be taking, partaking of the body of Christ, discerning it correctly. And when they do, something happens. Because let, let me just tell you this. When Jesus was born, the perfect man, he was born, and I said this last week, it's because of the blood. It's because of the pure blood of Christ. It's because it, he had pure blood, the blood of your Father in heaven. He had heavenly blood. And now if he lives inside of you and you partake with him in the same blood, then something is going to bring absolute healing and eradicate mindsets and all these other things that God is trying to take care of in our lives. And we're looking for something else to do it, but he's the only one that can do it. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. He says it again. Test yourself. Are you in the faith? You know, some of us, <laughs> I repented of the fluoride toothpaste, but <laughs> some of us do things, right, that are like, oh, God will just take care of it. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> it's just an inside joke. Sorry. But the reality is when, we, when God is calling you to the table, he's calling you to be a good steward with what you've been given. Right? We take of what we partake in him and we partake in all the other things that are unhealthy for us. We put those aside. Like these are the things that he wants us to set aside and come to the table. It can be in, just in health. Come on, there's things in your mind you need to set aside and come to the table and not go back to that other table. You got me? There's teachings that you've heard <laughs> that you need to say, that's messed up. I can't go there, right? Uh, really, because we need to sometimes unteach ourselves things that we've been taught. And I'm talking, it doesn't even have to be a preacher. It's things that we've learned that aren't Jesus. You don't own a disease. Don't own it. Do not own it. You don't own poverty. You don't own it. We don't own these things because the Lord is trying to release his grace and blessing. So the blood institutes covenant and removes the past, right? It removes the past, not only the past, the present and the future. Like stuff that we do stupid all the time. The blood covers it. That doesn't give me a license to do whatever I want to do, but it does cover it. That means that there is now no condemnation in Christ. Not ever again. No more. Right? And so the context of the table is important again. I, and I, I already said this, but the reality is that in the midst of struggles... I can come to the table. In the midst of struggles, I can be at home and come to the table. We can take communion as a family. I can take communion by myself in the bedroom, in the bathroom, wherever. I can take communion and come to the table. God, you know exactly what I need. And it doesn't even have to be the physical communion. Are you hearing me? 
it's like there's this mindset that we need to come and break out of. That means that you just eat from the right table every moment, every time of the day, all lunch, morning, noon, and night, lunch, breakfast, dinner, if you eat that much. That there's something that he wants to break. So this meal is full of revelation, and this meal is full of fellowship with the Lord. Like, because that's the only thing that matters. It's full of fellowship with Him. Like, if I can't just go and be with Him, and I can't come to the table and say, Lord, you know what my family needs, you know what my heart aches for, you know where my eyes are looking, you know where my my destiny is, you know where everything is going. And I put it all before you. Good, bad, and indifferent. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And it's taken care of by the blood of Jesus. It's taken care of by the breaking of bread. The, bre- the broken body of Christ. Ready? Just go with me. I'm just going to go to Matthew. And then I said Isaiah. But I start in Matthew. 26. And I love this, but it, the Lord frustrates me sometimes. Because it says this, it says, and, th- and they were eating, right? Verse 26, it says they were eating. 26, 26. And Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Done. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood, the new covenant, which is shed for many, and and for the remission of sins. But I say to you that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Come on, somebody. That's rich. And God wants to bring us into that place where we live with him. But here's my frustration with the, with the, with the, with the text. <laughs> because he explains the blood. Right? He says the blood. My blood of the new covenant. We know it's given us new covenant. And then he says this. It's shed for many for the remission of sins. We know this. So it's the blood that saves me. I'm, I'm washed in the blood. You don't plead the blood. I don't know where you learned that. You don't plead the blood. The blood was shed. It was put over the, the posts of the, of the door, the, over the lentil of the door, so that nothing could come in and harm you. You apply the blood. I apply the blood of Jesus to my life. I apply it. Come on, paint me, Jesus, with the blood. But he explains the blood, and he just says, take my body and eat it. And really, if we look at other, other things where, he, where the context was, where he speaks about it, people were offended. Eat my, bo- eat my body and drink my blood. No, this is too hard. Everyone left. And then the disciples said, you know, he said, are you leaving? He said, no, no, no. Peter said, no, I'm not leaving. You're the only one that has the, the, the words of life. You're the only one who has life. Which he knew that there was life in the blood. 
but it's a hard saying. So here's the thing. When I started reading about crucifixion, I know we're going into Christmas and it's the birth of Jesus. And now I'm preaching resurrection. But here's the deal. I feel like the Holy Spirit just began to, I just started looking at what, 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 what it looks like someone getting crucified back in the day. And, you know, it's really, it's pretty gruesome. And I don't know, now it makes me wonder whether I'll ever wear a cross on my neck. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just being honest. Because I was like, what? Because it wasn't just, it wasn't just a criminal, it wasn't like, you know, we have, well, we have lethal injection now. We don't have the electric chair, because that was brutal. But it's like, not just someone who was being punished for crimes and their execution. It wasn't just execution. It was the absolute humiliation of someone. Humiliating. Humiliation. Like, you don't, we don't even understand in culture. And the Lord bore on himself the absolute humiliation. I don't care. Like, everyone in this room has gone through situations where they felt, God, that was awful. I don't ever want to go through that again. And, you know, Jesus bore every bit of it. I don't care what the situation is. There is no shame, right, that God can't, that doesn't, is not covered by the blood of Jesus, right? So that I just want to reiterate the fact that he could not, the only time when he was on the cross, it didn't go through his hands. It actually, they they described it as when it goes through his arm, his hands, his palms, like his right above his hands, that when they did this, that it was it was perfectly fit and it made the the one who was being crucified, it felt like lightning going through their fingers. And the fact was that his nail-pierced hands were in spasm because it would just contract and he would not be able to let go of his hands. But the hands that laid hands on all the sick and they recovered were now being pinned. And in excruciating pain. And I'm thinking of his, uh, even his body. Like, I cut stone for a living. This is what I do. I've got shards and I've been cut by stones, by pieces flinging off. And they cut my bicep or cut something, cut my face, cut whatever. Whatever's in the way of the, of the flying razor blade. Because it was just these sharp shards of stone. And that's what they used to whip the Lord Jesus. You know this, right? I mean, we think of scourging and I just think of everything that could have happened but the stone or the, the glass or, the, or whatever debris was in there that they would use, it would rip. And, and 39, it, it is really. I heard some preachers say, oh, well, they, they categorize under 39, you know, categories, every disease. And you know what I found out? It is true because I know preachers say stuff just to make it go with their messages. So I had to look it up for myself. But it is true. It's like what Jesus did was perfect. It was perfect, and he was scourged, and his flesh was ripped from his body. And I just want you to know and understand tonight that really the Lord is the door. And he was the veil that got ripped. I'll read it to you in Scripture. He was the veil 
that was ripped. He was the, the separate. He took care of the separation. He took care of enmity. He took care of, of everything where, we're, where we need to reconcile ourselves with one another, where we need to reconcile races, where we need to reconcile families, where we need to reconcile everything. He was the one to take it all on himself, and it was, it's done. It's complete. It lacks not one thing, the blood of Jesus, the body of Christ. The body of Christ lacks nothing. So there's always a table for you, and there's always a seat at the table for you. This is the thing. There's always a seat at the table. And we, we try to flee and move out of the way of what God's trying to do because we don't want to bring it to the table. And I'm telling you tonight, we want to bring it to the table because there's going to be power. And I just believe God's going to set people free tonight. In ways that they have not even known. Because I believe, I believe. I don't care if you believe. I believe it. How's that? I don't even care if you believe tonight. I believe that God's going to shake some things out of our lives that we don't need. Things that have been in the way of what he's going to do and what he's about to do. And you can't go into 2020 just thinking he might do it. You need to know that he's going to do it. And wherever the places that you are that, that maybe you, you're struggling or, or you're fighting with or you don't see the clarity in, you know what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I don't see. It's all been done by the blood. It's all been done by the body. It's always been done by that. And so he desires us to come. Isaiah 53 Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I love this. I'm just going to jump down to, to verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Do you know that there's seven ways that Jesus bled? Seven. This happens to be seven. Perfection. But he, he bled in seven different ways, right? He bled in those ways. It's sweat of his, uh, he sweated blood, right, which is, was re released the power of intercession it released the power to overcome. He bled through his eyes and through his sweat. He bled in that way so that you would have the power to overcome. The blood. I'm just going to give you a quick run through on seven things that the blood occurred, that happened with the blood. Number two, the stripes on the black, on his back which tore his flesh. It released healing, health, and restored bodies. It also did other things. It tore the veil. It tore any, anything that kept you outside of God. It opened the door. He says, I am the door. He was the door. He is the door. It's not changed. Not in 2,000 years. It's not changed. And it won't change because he is the door. And he made a way. He moved by his flesh, by his body. He removed those things. I'll get to it in more detail in a minute. Internal bleeding, bruising, and beating, right? The beating, it imputed to us right standing. Everything on the inside, right? That keeps us bound in sin. Come on. The bleeding, the bruising, 
the internal bleeding when it says that he, he probably his organs were failing before he even got up there. Because of the beating he took. Because he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised, bruised, bruised for our iniquities. That's generational curses all the way down the line. Iniquities. It's done because why? It's on the inside. It's things that you've been carrying around that you were never born with. Come on, it was just, it was imputed to you by your ancestors, but the blood of Jesus breaks it tonight. It was always on the inside. And the crown of thorns giving to us the complete soundness of mind. We know this, right? Sound mind imparting to us the mind of Christ so that we know, you know, you know the mind of God. Listen to me. Anyone in this room who doesn't know the mind of God, you know the mind of God. You have not discovered it yet, but it is in you that you know the mind of God. You know what God already has for you. You know things that he's about to release to you. You have not searched them out to the point where he's opened them up to you. Because what? Kings, 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 kings search out things and then, he fi- then they find them. But you have the mind of God. We've been given the mind of Christ. crown of thorns it broke everything no the enemy the enemy has no longer has has no ties no control over your mind you okay all right i'm checking the blood flowed from his nail driven hands right his his this is crazy ready and I can't even believe I found this scripture. <laughs> but it was out of Song of Solomon. Verse 8, and I'm, I think I'm reading it from, uh, I'm probably reading it from the, trans, the Passion Translation. But it says, his left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases I know his nail-scarred hands healed me, and I know they did a lot of things, but the main thing they did, they embraced the bridegroom. The bridegroom embraced the bride, one under your head, one under your body, embracing you and holding you and wooing you to himself. Look at it. The left hand and the right hand. Get it? He, he's holding you like this. It's the dance of romance. He's holding us because he wants to. You think he wants, to, he wants us to behold him? He wants to behold you. He wants to look at you. You need to get into his presence so that you can look at him. So he can look at you. That's powerful truth in there. And the water and the blood poured out of his side, right? And, 
And I just felt like there was something that the Lord was speaking to me about the, the, the rivers of living water that flow in the blood, right? It flows out of him. It flowed into you. It, it's supposed to flow out of you, right? But there's a joy that he's given. The joy set before him. He, he endured the cross. The joy set before him. He endured the cross. And at the end, they just went and opened him up. And the blood and the water poured out. So that you would receive fullness of joy. So that the very inside of who he was, the joy that Jesus carried, would flow into your life. The joy that he carried. And then the feet are simple. I think it just depicts the, the, the dominion and the authority that Jesus says. Every place that you step your foot. He said, I give you, I give you power and authority to trample on snakes and, and, and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It was his feet that did that. And he, and, and he gave them so that you would have the same. Because if I died and my life is hidden in him, then I look just like him when I rise to resurrection. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're already resurrected. <laughs> am I? Am I? Come on. Come on. Resurrection life is inside of you. And there's something that the Lord wants to just open up for us so that we live out of that place. And then I'm just going to touch on a couple truths and then we'll take, we'll take, we'll partake together. But there's Colossians 1. 19 through 23, it said, It pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Yes, yay, right? And you were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now, right, say wicked works, bye-bye. They're gone. Bye. Bye. You don't do that anymore. You don't live that way anymore. It's gone, right? Yet now he has reconciled into the body his flesh through death, through death to present you what? Holy and blameless. Come on, it's not just a good verse, guys. It's the truth. It's the truth of what he's already done. By his flesh being broken for you, it's given you this place where you live in total righteousness. You live in total justification. You live because of the body being broken. And when you take that today, it just, it, come on, it just should melt everything away. It should melt. When you're going before the table today, you should discern, this is what really happened right now. Every day, if I take, like I said, you don't have to have the table. You don't have to even go into communion. You need to go in communion with him. But this brings it into a whole nother level, I feel like, because if we think of it and we believe it and we partake of it, then something whack breaks. Come on, mostly your thoughts that keep you captive to thinking, I'm no good, I'm not holy, I can't live holy. I have a hard time, you know, regulating my regulator so that I can walk in holiness. Come on, everyone's trying real hard. But the Lord is saying, listen, I'm looking for those. Yeah, he, 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 he pays attention to good works, don't get me wrong. But there's this place where we need to live knowing, knowing, knowing that you've been made holy, that you've been made blameless, that you've been made, and that you continue to, to live this out so you're not alienated anymore, right? Wicked works, yet now being reconciled to the body of his flesh to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach. Listen, you're above reproach. 
God speaks to those who are above reproach. You have the voice of the Lord over your life. Why? Because of the table. Because of what he's already done. Because of how he views you, not how you view yourself through him. We think we have Jesus' eyes and we don't. We'll get him someday. Come on. Say today. I'm going to take him today. You're going to put on new glasses today. You're going to live in a place where you see things differently tonight, right, because of revelation. Why do I need the word? Oh, why do I need the word? I got I to gotta chew the word. I want to devour the word because there's so much in there that he wants to open up. And you just think about one thing, but all of scripture interprets this one thing. I'm telling you it's all through. If I go back to Abraham, this is before the table, this is before Passover, it's before anything. It's three dudes show up in his tent and they have bread and wine with him. It was in Genesis from the beginning. Let me not remind you also of, of Melchizedek, the king and the priest, who came and he gave him tithe. The table was always supposed to be there. It was from eternity's past. It's been there for us. Let me just remind you, too, that the encounters that Abraham had that day was with three beings, and they weren't, I'm telling you, it wasn't three dudes that showed up with, come on, cheese and bread. It wasn't happening. It was angels. It was supernatural beings that he had communion with, that he made covenant with, that God began to unfold his whole life about. And that wasn't even when, Jesus, come on, it was, it was Old Testament. Ah. <sighs> can tell I'm excited tonight. It's good. It's good. Ready? Keep reading. Colossians. We'll get through it. Bear with me. If, you, if indeed you continue in faith, grounded, come on, faith, grounded, and steadfast. Just go, ah. God's saying, listen, all these things are provided for you, you just need to believe. And when you believe, it puts, it puts groundedness in your life and steadfastness in your life, and you are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. You're never moved away from the gospel which you heard. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to light you on fire for the gospel that you heard. It should. It has to. I don't know. The more truth I hear and the more I understand, the more I can. It says, which, every, which was preached to every creature under heaven. <laughs> well, what does that even look like? Okay. Hebrews 10, 19. And you know this. This is, this is, you don't even have to go there. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Ah. And by a new and living way which was consecrated for us. Consecrated for us. It was consecrated for me. It was consecrated for you. I don't have to do anything to consecrate it. God did the consecration. And it's holy. And, it's, and we live out of that place of consecration because it's been given to you as a gift, right? Right? And, and, and that's what he's doing. It's through the veil that is his flesh. 
And having a high priest over the house, let us draw near with, true, with a true heart of full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled, right? I'm just going to say this. Ready? The blood of Jesus by a new and living way he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So we have this thing, right? I love, I love Revelation chapter 4. It says that there's a door open in heaven. And it says in the Gospels later that even when Jesus died, right, when he gave up, when he said with his last breath, and by the way, every time, every time he breathed in, like on the cross in crucifixion, he could breathe in. But the problem was he couldn't exhale. So when he would breathe in, it would take him to push himself up and breathe out to get the pressure off of his lungs because eventually he would die of a broken, uh, a broken heart. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a heart failure because his lungs would fill and his, his, everything would begin to malfunction. But the, but the reality is that he could not breathe out. So that when it says at the end that when he's, he breathed with his last breath, that was everything that was left inside of him on this earth, he breathed forth and then he went off and died and passed into hell. But at that point, when he breathed his last breath, it says that the veil in the temple ripped from the top to the bottom. And it says here that he threw the veil, which is his flesh. Listen, it's his flesh that brought you in. It's, it, it's the broken body that brought us in to this secret place. It's the broken body, which you know all along, you're no longer outside of 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 some place where you can't get into. No, the body has opened the door. It says that in Revelation chapter 4, it says that, that come up here, right? John's calling, being called to come up here because there's an open door. Listen, it says in Isaiah, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. There's a revelatory truth that we need to understand that there is nothing held back from you in the heavenlies anymore. The only, the only, and we've heard this over and over, the only thing that's keeping you back is the gray matter between your ears. It's things that keep, you, keep your thoughts locked up that you don't realize that, listen, this table, the body, has made the way for you to be full in with God in heavenly places. I'm telling you, full in, like nothing's held back. He's not hiding anything from you. It's all there, open and bare. I promise you, I promise you, it's true. It's right there. <laughs> and if we just want to stay, well, that's positional. Then that means this isn't truth. No, Je Jesus was the man who brought me into my mystical life that I live with him and through him. And we shouldn't have a problem with that because... Listen, I'm not new age. I'm, I'm, I'm gospel age. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like this place we need to be able to understand that you've been given the same access. And what we have is we have other spiritualists trying to rip off and go have fellowship with demons and try and give you words and try to mediums and trying to give you stuff. But I'm telling you, the first place where heaven has for you is right next to him in the heavenly places.
right, did I make it through that? Ephesians, and we'll stop after this, I promise, I promise. Ephesians, chapter 2 and verse 14. Verse 14. How many want peace? Come on, he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down, say it, middle wall of separation and abolished in his flesh enmity. I could just stop there and preach for 20 minutes. <laughs> Listen. Have, having abolished in his flesh, it's the body, right? It's the body. It's his flesh. It's this. Save this for later. It's his flesh that gave us access but here's the, here's the main thing, that you are not at enmity. You're not in uh, contention because of his body. You're not in contention with God. There's nothing that blocks you from his presence. This is the same thing that I'm saying. It's just in a different manner. Listen, the body has given us full access to the Father. Nothing else. Listen, it's nothing. I'm going to keep reading. But there, there's, there's more than that. There's no more, like... You, when we think God has bad thoughts towards us, it's a lie. It's a lie. And people need to get that. It is a lie. It's a lie. Well, you don't know my behavior. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know this. No, no, it's a lie. I'm telling you, it's a lie. He loves you. He can't wait to be with you. He's always looking for you. What did I say last week? Listen, his eyes are looking to and fro throughout the earth to, for those, for those. He's looking for those. He's looking for you. Adam, where are you? Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, and the laws, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so he created in himself one new man from two, thus making peace. He's talking about Israel and the Gentiles, but he's talking about that there's a reconciliation. So there's that, there's that whole, right? You got two races, Gentile and Israel, and they come together as one. Listen, I don't care what anything looks like in America right now. It doesn't matter. Come on, I don't care what you, you, you've thought in the past. Whatever, it, God is about reconciling. He's about reconciling so that we can live together in the fullness of who he is. Right, both to God and one body through the cross, whereby putting to death enmity. All those things that are hostile towards heaven are taken care of by the body. All those things. Here's what we'll do tonight. Everyone stand, stretch, stretch, stretch. I know I've been talking for an hour straight.
So what I want to do, what I want to really, I'm believing for tonight. Listen, there's healing in communion tonight. Are you with me? Watch me. Look at me. You can look at your father up in heaven if you want, I guess. But I just, I want us to, I want us to really, really, really engage. Because I can preach all these things and have great revelation and God release all kinds of good stuff. And then we come back up here and we go, okay, we're just going to go through the ritual. No, 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 no more, no more. Because I feel like this, there is, ready? Everyone who needs healing in their, in their body, put your hands up. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this room, man. All right, so then I'm believing for everyone in this room to get touched by heaven tonight. Because the table, we're going to rightly discern. Not in condemnation. If I start thinking about everything I need to do to come before the table, that's the wrong thinking. I just went through all this, right? Here's the thing. God has provided everything here. Everything here. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm making another avenue. That we don't need hands laid on us to receive healing because there's something supernatural could happen tonight. Something supernatural is going to happen tonight. You could take the, the elements and the power of God hit you. You could take the elements and nothing happens, but you all of a sudden you don't feel pain anymore. Why is it that we monitor things by how we feel? Come on, somebody. It's not how we feel. It's the truth of the gospel. And I like, I, come on, I like feeling God. Don't get me wrong. I want the fire on my body. I want the, you know, I want it. But I'm saying to us tonight that the power is in the table tonight. And every night. And tomorrow when you go home, if some of you have chronic diseases in your body, and God, if, if you just consecrate yourself to just do this one thing, watch. I promise you something's going to shift because we go and we take and we partake communion every day. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've heard testimonies of crazy things happening just from taking the, the, the elements rightly discerning so I want you to come get them and then we'll pray together okay so just maybe straight up the aisle and hopefully we have enough
back to the scripture that I started with in 1 Corinthians 11. Paul says, I, I give to you as I receive from the Lord. How many know that Paul wasn't there? How many realize that Paul wasn't there when Jesus was breaking bread with them? At some point in the desert, in the three years he was out, I'm telling you, he had a supernatural encounter with the Lord. And he broke bread, and it was probably in a supernatural manner with the Lord Jesus in the desert. I'm making assumptions, but the word says, I give to you as I've already received it from him. So that takes this table for me into a whole nother level because I, I know that the power of, of who Christ is is in his body. 
and he's about to release it to us right now in these moments. So, Lord, we commit to you everything. Lord, we examine and we discern. We discern rightly the body of Christ right now. We thank you for your body right now that we have in our hands. Lord, we, we, we acknowledge you in every way. Lord, you're going to shape our destiny through taking this. You're going to heal our bodies by taking this. You're going to set us free by taking this tonight. Lord, you're going to do something supernatural inside of us. A whole brand new revelation of who you are tonight is going to come through us partaking tonight. And it is so powerful, we can't even understand it, Father. But we thank you for the opportunity to come before you. And Lord, the table doesn't stop right here. The table just begins here. And we thank you for the table. We thank you for the body. We thank you for the blood tonight. We thank you for everything you're about to do, even in these moments. Lord, I command sickness off of people, people's bodies right now. Anything that's going on in their blood, Father, right now. I keep getting blood issues that the Lord wants to heal. And the, and the Holy Spirit, we thank you that there's pain in people's bodies that you're going to take care of right now. Knees, shoulders, backs. Father, release your healing right now. Lord, all of us who do not have a sound mind in this place, Lord, we believe you're touching us right now, that our minds begin to think like you, we begin to act like you, we begin to see things that we haven't seen before, and the light of your presence and your glory comes into our minds, clearing everything out of the way that we don't need, that we don't ask for, but we don't need, and we can't. sometimes we can't control, but I thank you that you're eradicating those things. Anything that separates us from you, right now we take and we partake together that everything that separates us from you right now in Christ Jesus, that it is broken in the name of Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Come on, Lord, we just received that by faith. We receive the reality of it. We thank you that faith is the, the substance of things we can't see. So I just declare tonight that this is all going to shift and move things in our lives. We thank you, God, right now for the precious, precious blood of Jesus. salvation tonight. We thank you for where you're bringing us tonight. We thank you where you brought us from. We thank you for life that's in the blood. We thank you for power in the blood. We thank you for the blood that, that changes, shifts, will change nations. <laughs> in Jesus' name, we thank you for the blood that's cleansed us from every place, everything. And we ask that you bless it tonight, that as we partake tonight, Father, there's just this reality of righteousness, reality of walking upright that we live in. that no one in this room would walk in condemnation.
that, Father, that through the blood of Jesus, Lord, things that we try not to do, <laughs> we'd just be free from. We thank you, Father, for the power of the blood tonight. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, I trust right now in these moments. touching people right now. Thank you that you came. You broke the power of sin and death. And we live in that reality. Not a little bit in fullness tonight. We thank you that we're washed clean. We thank you that we're living in wholeness. We thank you that we're living in health. Love you. In Jesus' name. 